Good morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. Now, right now, we are in the middle of what we're loosely referring to as the national debate on sexual harassment. And it's certainly gendered and it's also generational. And based on the fact that our team has a number of people across every generation, it's been a really good conversation that we've had and not all of us work in this field. So it's been all sorts of different views. And so what we want to do in today's podcast is actually to explore that and see whether there's a path through this where we can listen to and genuinely hear, authentically hear each generation's different views and how they come together. To do that, I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall, CEO and co-founder of MOI, Making Work Absolutely Human. And I'm joined today by Sarah from our team. Welcome, Hi. Sarah. First podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I feel we, like everyone's had a go except for me. So. <laughs> you no, know, because you're like our data person. Yeah. You're like the super science person. Yeah, I'm much more comfortable behind a computer screen. <laughs> but I think yeah. your views on this are really, really interesting. And I'm, I really want people to understand the dynamics of this. I think you bring a really unique view and I, I don't think you're alone. Yeah. I think those of us that were, so let, let me tell you a little bit about the two of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, not you, but the people listening. So <laughs> um, I'm technically the front end of Generation X, literally the first year. And so, and I have worked in the culture space, including inclusion and belonging uh, for most of my life all around the world. And so this is actually a phenomenon around the world. Can we include people? Can we create safe workplaces for everybody? So that they're fair and so that's what I've been working in for a long time like over 30 years um, and you are quite different now you, do you call yourself a millennial or are you generation Z I'm sort of halfway in between so the millennials don't want us and Gen Z doesn't want us so <laughs> I'm under 25 which would suggest Gen Z right but we're sort of where we grew up with the internet but we <laughs> So tech native. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But not quite a millennial either. So sort of awkwardly in the middle. I know. And our team has, we have baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, elder millennials, as they're now called, <laughs> millennials. And now we have Gen Z. So it's actually a very broad team. But that is a really, really good place to start. So let's go across to the national debate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. To start, I have a bit of a problem with the phrasing of national debate because <laughs> the fact is, like when you say national debate, it's really international, and it's it, it's more than that. It's like it's it's as you said, generational. It's not just one conversation that we're having now or one debate that we're having now. It's like this has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. So, so what are you seeing as the big debates? Let's say international, because you're mm-hmm. right; they are international. Yeah. You think of it very parochially, but actually, what's the big international debates for your generation right now? Uh, generally speaking, yeah. um, I think um, women's rights. Women's rights. Women's yep. rights, of yep. course. Um, I think um, Black Lives Matter would be a big one as well. And Absolutely. general respect of um, people of culture. Yep. I think that's a really big thing now. Um, I think maybe um, rebelling against the government or police in general <laughs> is also a big thing. So, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of things going on now, but I think that's sort of what being young is for. And the climate. Yeah, the climate. Oh, that's such a big one. That's, yeah. That's it's the big. overwhelming one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so I can think there. about it and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I know, there's so many. So inside all of that, the one that I want to talk about today, because I think it's a really, really interesting one, is the gender debate. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's a hard one to get right at the moment because so many voices in this debate are really angry. But I just want to give it a little bit of history 
about where it's and and I know why they're angry okay so it's yeah. not like oh my goodness how did those people get so crazy it's like I can't believe it absolutely justified but let's talk about what we can do about it yeah and so 2020 Human Rights Commission through Kate Jenkins the Commissioner for Sex Discrimination brings out Respect at Work mm-hmm. massive document massive rec- number of recommendations 55 in total middle of COVID and says this is how to stop sexual harassment at work and it's just silent like it really doesn't hit the media much at all until Brittany Higgins at Parliament House stands up and starts to tell her story about being abused, about being um, sexually abused in Parliament House. And she's a 24-year-old, okay? So she's of your generation. And all of a sudden, she's in front of thousands of people. They march to Canberra and they say, enough, enough, we've had enough. And they dust off the Respect at Work report from last year and they start a parliamentary inquiry or an inquiry into parliamentary workspaces on sexual harassment but there's a massive generational bent to it so even though the voices that being heard the stories are from your generation the people holding the narrative socially are from my generation Mm -hmm. and it's been very or even older and it's very interesting to watch how that's happening so how close are you to that whole debate well to be completely honest i didn't even know that it was happening until you told me (laughs) so it's it's i think i think for a lot of people of my generation it's just such an overwhelmingly difficult topic like like for me i'm like oh another woman has had this experience it's it's just exhausting so it's we we don't we don't need a another figurehead i think because the fact is like britney standing up there could have been any one of my friends yeah okay so she sort of represents a whole generation who goes we know this debate we know what's happening yeah and so you've also got this relationship with the media, which is quite unique. You're sort of over it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't watch the news, and I think that's pretty common for people <laughs> my age. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? So you've got people who are highly engaged in global movements, but actually looking at traditional media and saying, that's not where I'm getting my news from. No, because it, I think there's a distrust of it. Not not distrust of the media in general, like I'm, I'm not crazy person i mean just distrust in terms of how it's filtered because the fact is that if you're not looking at something directly in front of you if you're not having a first hand experience it's gone through someone else right and the more people that you have in that line of interpretation and then changing the story a little bit to you know fit the story that they want to tell it's it's going to get watered down i think that's why people of my generation prefer to literally see a video in front of them of this is something that happened rather than hear it from Peter Overton or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Peter. I don't know him. But he no, I don't know him personally. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's, that's super interesting because that means even the way you're getting your information, how you're understanding this, this is what we found when the team started debating. And we literally could have had the whole team in for this one. We thought just getting these two opposite views or perspectives, not even views, perspectives, mm. I thought was really interesting. So I just want to look at two really specific things. The first one I want to talk about this idea of personal safety Mm. and one of the big debates we had is when the defense um head of defense came out and said the three a's you know don't drink alcohol don't walk alone and after midnight after midnight that was the three and the second thing i want to talk about is feminism over generations what are our roles and how can we play them so let's start with personal safety and i really want to hear views because i think the hardest thing for, for this this discussion at the moment is we all drown in agreement that society needs to move forward, but every society in the world is trying to move it forward, and it's really hard. And so let's start with this personal safety one. Where is personal safety 
sexual harassment, sexual abuse, where is that for your generation in your opinion? Keeping in mind that I'm in small n equals one for my generation, your small n equals one for yours. Yeah. But I do think we represent quite broad views. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, just to start, I think that my generation, with, with this whole gender debate and women's safety and personal safety, we are just so over it. It's an exhausting topic. And we I would argue that we're even angrier than second generation feminism about it, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's just... So you're it, even angrier than we were in our angry days. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're furious. We're furious. And then people will call us snowflakes or something. And it's like, okay, now we're even more furious. Did you really think that was going to work to make us quiet? It. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The fact that we're taught from 10 years old how to defend ourselves against well, men are the main perpetrators not the only ones but how to defend about, our- just over 70 percent of the time yeah yeah um but how to defend ourselves against situations like that where it's been drilled into us that oh if if something happened to someone it's her fault somehow right or their fault somehow it's you know she was walking alone at night or they were um you know not talking on the phone with someone no one knew where they were something like that it there's always a reason always an excuse why you know the things that we've been taught didn't work or they didn't employ them correctly it's just everything just comes back to blaming the victim Hmm. because the fact is even if you do absolutely everything right I don't know a single woman my age or actually your age either who hasn't been harassed or assaulted. Mm. And I think when we start to deal with this, people always, in, in my view, are sort of faffing about with the policies or the laws or something like this. The reality is that if you're unsafe walking at night by yourself, I don't think the person you're unsafe from is reading a policy or checking on the law. No. <laughs> They're just bad. They're bad people and, and, and they need to change their ways so that the rest of us can be safe. So I completely get it. It's it's such an interesting conversation about personal safety. Then it's gone across into consent mm. and see if we go, oh, should we have a conversation on consent? And I was like, wow, it's so interesting that they're going to start that so young, the conversation on consent. But then when you look at the things that an eight-year-old is currently dealing with, they do need to have better knowledge than I had at eight. Yeah, absolutely. It, they're being dealt things that I didn't have to deal with. Yeah pictures on their phone people harassing them on their phone being bullied on their phone it's there's so much coming at them that they do need a much much earlier conversation about consent and how to be clear Mm. um than my generation would have even imagined we'd ever need yeah yeah it's, it's really complicated i mean just an example from um when I went to high school, we had two girls from my school that are now, you know, university grads and all that sort of thing. And they went back and tried to create a um, program around teaching consent to all the girls. And I went to a single sex school. So that's really important because you basically you're, you're in a very sheltered environment apart from the Internet. And then they chuck you out and you just thrown to the work wolves. it out. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Uh, yeah. But they, they presented it to the school and the school said, oh, sorry. No, that's not that's not relevant. We don't think that's relevant. But the fact is that we had etiquette classes. Like, why are etiquette classes considered relevant, but consent is not? That's just ri- that's just ridiculous to me. That's insane. That is insane, and actually quite funny. But it's not. Funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the topic is so serious. But you know, I could be sexually assaulted tonight, but at least I know where to put the second fork. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Unless yeah. you could carry the fork, maybe that's what's you know, carrying yeah, carry. as a weapon. <laughs> well, I thought there was one point that you made that was very interesting that you don't know someone from your generation that doesn't walk with some form of improvised weapon in their bag. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually know a few girls, it doubles as a bottle opener. So <laughs> there you go. So yeah. they are ready. Yeah, they're ready to go. Yeah, wow. And it's just, it's just. 
I think all the lessons that we receive around personal safety, like it's, it doesn't mean anything, but it still makes you feel better. Yeah. Like I know lots of people who, you know, get capsicum spray or pepper spray, or whatever you want to call it, shipped over from, you know, friends in America or something just so they've got something to keep them safe just because we can't buy it here. Yeah. Like what else are you supposed to do when, when you do absolutely everything right and you're still not safe? What can you do to make yourself feel safe? Like, that's why we're angry. Like, that's the root cause of it, I think. Yeah. And, and I get that it's angry. And, and so the other part of this national debate and making space for everybody's voices is there's a lot of people in my generation, and this came through in the Respect at Work report, is they actually talked about it. And they said that a lot of people said, oh, this is crazy to think that every woman has been had an example in her lifetime of sexual harassment. And when people went home to their very strong and independent wives, they said, of course we have. And so there was literally all women have got a story. Mm. And so how do you make space for the stories from 20 years ago, from my generation and the stories from your generation, which are totally different? And do we let our stories go to make space for yours? Because yours, we can might be able to solve or address differently. Or do we try and make a bigger space so we can all fit? Like, it's a really, really tricky conversation. So I can remember when I left home, my father gave me um, a little siren and it, he, he showed me what to do, that if someone was attacking me, I could squeeze it in their ear and it would knock them off because their hearing would be so in pain and they would fall over. Mm. But the time that I was actually pulled to the ground and, and punched around on the way home from uni by a man, um, I did nothing. I didn't scream. I didn't do anything. And I was carrying my little siren and I didn't remember to use it. And I think that that's also really common. So I hear your point that there's this, I was unsafe and it was 6 p.m. And I wasn't abused or anything, but it was still very nasty. I was very bruised. Um, and the face basically and I had what I needed to feel safe but I wasn't safe and I was angry about it for a very long time and here I am still talking about it mm. still talking because about it because it's a traumatic experience it of is traumatic you're affected by it yeah and then we pass that on intergenerationally yeah which is is what we're talking about here we're talking about intergenerational across women who are dealing with things they're passing on to their colleagues to their daughters to their granddaughters to their you know on and on and how do we do with that so when we talk about feminism, which is really where this comes to a head, and we say, how are we going to deal with this? What do you think your generation is doing and talking about for feminism? What's important for you? That's a really tricky question to speak for so many people all at once. <laughs> and you're at N yeah. equals one. A little yes, N. Yes, it's okay. Yes, yes. Well, this N. Um, I think the important thing is that we, we can't let go of those old stories and you know the all the all the lessons from the previous generation because the fact is like you know like i forget who said this but you only get so far by standing on the shoulders of giants like if if you tell your stories and make your progress and your impact and then go and now we will step back then we have to reinvent the wheel again which is not going to be helpful or efficient so yeah yeah and and i think for my generation i know i know as someone who's worked in this field for a long time too there are days when I feel, wow, this is the moment in time. This is a door is ajar. We can push through, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then I also realized so many times we've failed. I mean, we had things that we really wanted to achieve and, and we couldn't achieve them. And, and the example for my generation is we wanted to work and we wanted a career and we were the first generation that the big companies gave traineeships and everything to. And I was a BHP trainee initially when I started. Um, and we didn't want to compromise, but it was very chaotic. So, you know, I had three children. And um, in those cases, to get through no 
properly organized maternity leave or no properly organized work structures and things like that. It was very chaotic and that's how my generation did it. So we knew for the generation behind us what we'd learned from that was we need to give them better structure, better guardrails so that they can make choices hopefully non-gendered choices about who does the parenting who shoulders that weight how you can do it more equally between a couple and I think that that's been really really important but then I look at it and I think yeah but we didn't get childcare right mm. <laughs> so we still had to compromise and make that work so where, do, where does that leave us like sometimes I feel like wow we haven't done enough we haven't gone far enough I need to let let go and let the next generation take it and see whether you guys can take it further forward how do, you, how do you feel about all that? Oh, that's a difficult one. I, I mean, like, I, I guess in, you know, 10 years time when I go to have kids of my own, I might have a different experience on that. But I think at the moment, the approach that a lot of people my age are taking is just to educate particularly the men in their lives about this stuff. Like, yeah. With, with, you know, like my partner or my friends or anything like that. It, it's if they say something that's bordering on sexism, because I know they're not bad people, I'll stand up and I'll correct them on it. I'll be like, hey, that was really unkind. Or, hey, did you think about it from this perspective? And I mean, sometimes you'll get a bit of a pushback of, oh, you know, don't be so silly. That's not my partner's voice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't be so silly. Don't. You know, like, oh, you're being really sensitive or something like that. But And having met your having met your partner, he is as feminist as you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which I think is quite common now. Yeah, yeah, it is quite common now. But it doesn't it doesn't just come naturally. It's you have to challenge people on stuff all the time. Just just the same way that you've challenged your grandparents on racism. Yeah. Challenge people on their sexism. Yeah. Because the fact is people don't want to be bad people. People want to you know, make other people feel included and loved and, you know, cared for. And so if you give them the opportunity, I have to believe that they'll want to take it. And do you think there's a way of having the conversation where you can include people, where you can make it open to ask stupid questions or to get it wrong a little bit or what's the room in there that I think, can I think be Yeah, I think that's absolutely helpful and absolutely the right thing to do. I think that there's a lot of sort of sensitivity around some issues now and I think that yeah. that just comes from a place of anger and frustration that it's been this way for such a long time but I think if we all just you know just take it calmly <laughs> I think that there's a way through it so we sort of um just let that anger flow through because it's yeah. justified yeah and then start to go okay what are we going to do now yeah so exactly. not a conversation that can you be angry or not I think another one of our team had a beautiful voice in this which was Jess and she said um, it's not don't be angry mm. it's be angry and then yes <laughs> be angry and then yeah telling so, people to calm down has never worked no not when they're that angry yeah. justifiably angry too like it's not sort of misplaced anger um, I like to think that my generation has done everything we could do did we fall short absolutely will we continue to work until our dying day or the end of our careers absolutely mm. will we fall short anyway absolutely will your generation take it from here Yes, and the one between us will take it as well. The generation wise, we're in our team as well. Um, but I like to think that there is a role for every generation. So what my grandmother achieved, what my mother achieved, what I achieved, what I pass on to my daughters, that every generation will have a place. But I do think there's a role in not stepping back. And I think that was something yeah. you said in the team discussion, which I really loved, yeah. was this piece about you can't just go, well, we didn't get it all, so we're just going to rest and it's up to you. Yeah. We have to go, okay, I've got it to here, and I didn't get it 100% right, but I'm going to hold this, and you guys can take the next three steps. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you, if you give an inch, as I said, then we have to reinvent the wheel. 
which is ridiculous. And you won't have the lessons. Yes. Like we'll say, you'll say, we want to work and have careers. And we'll say, don't forget childcare. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes, childcare. Childcare, childcare very important. Yeah, very yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget gender schemas. And yeah. you go, okay, oh, okay. got that. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have the rule. But you're getting the gender schemas much more right. Yeah. Um, Sarah, absolutely love the conversation. And I think if we could do one thing to everybody who's listening is to encourage them to have the conversation Mm -hmm. with space for all the voices. I think that that's the hardest thing we can do at the moment is to make an inclusive table Mm -hmm. where we can hear and understand and genuinely appreciate perspectives, views, anger, optimism, pessimism, all the things that come into it. Um, And I think that if everybody was doing that at the moment, I think this debate would be much more away from the two absolute extremely angry polar ends and more into the 99% of us that are like, we get the anger yeah. and we also get the frustration, but we still need to move it forward. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we can do that. I would encourage everybody to do that. In our team, we've had a few of these and it's been absolutely fantastic. So um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully it's not your last podcast. Yeah, We'll thank bring you, you out from behind the computer screen again sometime. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> a scientist in the room. Um, that is a big more from us, from Sarah and I, but also from the whole team. To stay in touch with our community, uh, we have our newsletter every week. If you'd like to receive it, it's free, um, team at y.live, or you can visit us on our website at www.mwahmoi.live, <laughs> L-I-V-E. It's a big more from us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.